It's a Sunday special edition, Easter edition of Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Not the special edition Gophers fans wanted me to be bringing you this weekend off of the Gophers National Championship men's hockey game Saturday night in Tampa. Up 2 nothing on Quinnipiac halfway through that game, looking like things will go their way, looking for their first championship in 20 years. And instead, as Randy Johnson will tell me in just a few minutes here when I bring him on, Gophers writer who was down in Tampa, a coronation that turned into a catastrophe. And maybe that sounds like it's strong, but if you watch that game, if you watch this team all season long, it felt like a team that was going to win the national championship. It felt like a team that had everything it needed. I don't know if there was a deeper Gophers team since the team that won the championship in 2002 in St. Paul. So much talent, so many future NHL players, and the requisite grit on top of that. And to end up losing 3-2 in overtime with uh, with Quinnipiac scoring the winning goal in overtime just 10 seconds into that extra frame after tying it with the with the goalie pulled with less than two minutes left in regulation. That is an epic gut punch. And I know this is college sports. I know it's on a different level than pro sports. I know we characterize these things a little differently, and I think that's fair. But in terms of expectation, in terms of how talented this team was, it felt to those who cared that much about it, it felt like a little bit like probably the 98 Vikings. It felt like that team that was so good that year and then just finally in the end ultimately unfortunately lost in a way that uh, that that will hurt for a long time and it's not just me saying that bob motsko uh, head coach of the gophers asked post game kind of about what happened how that game unraveled whether they got too defensive in the third period whether they were just kind of dumping the puck and hoping which it looked like and he just said not really by design. Quinnipiac was kind of taking it to them, but he he kind of gave a more complex answer to that question. So I want to play a quote from Bob Motzko's post game availability now. Not 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 by design. Um, we did change we changed our neutral zone in the second period, to, and it it worked. Like we, we stopped their zone entry. Um, you know they were making a push. Um, um, yeah, they're, they're you know they're. I tip your tat hat to Quinnipiac. They're very difficult, but we were in the right spot. Turn the puck over for one. Second one never should have went in. You know, that was an unfortunate situation right there. So we had a chance. I mean, I'm crushed. We we just have a wonderful group. I mean, the love in that room for that group. Uh, I'm just crushed for them. For all of us, our fans were fantastic. Um, we were in a good spot. And that's probably going to be the lingering takeaway, right? That this one is just going to hurt. However, it happened, however, it transpired. We'd be having a much different conversation right now if they had been able to get through those final two minutes of regulation, if they'd been able to keep the puck out of the net, even if they'd won two to one and it didn't feel like it was aesthetically pleasing at all, it still would have been a championship. The the conversation would have been completely different, but because it didn't work, because, you know, whatever defensive structure they were in, whatever they were not able to do in that third period, it wouldn't have mattered if they would have escaped those final two minutes. But they didn't and they get to overtime and then of course disaster strikes just ten minutes in Quinnipiac wins that game. And I think we do, like like Randy will say in a few minutes here, we got to give Quinnipiac credit. I thought Quinnipiac played a great game. Even when it was 2-0, I didn't love the way that game flow was going. I didn't love how the Gophers were 
kind of getting taken out of their game. The things they did so well all year, that top line that just you know had such a flair for playing the game so creatively, they just weren't able to sustain much offense even in the first, you know, even after that initial rush in the game, even after, after that, they were not able to sustain much offense at all, even when they presumably would have been trying to score. So I think Quinnipiac's style and structure took a lot away from them, and that, that gave Quinnipiac life, that fed Quinnipiac. And when Quinnipiac got it to 2-1, all of a sudden it felt like it was a completely different game, and then it kind of snowballed from there until they did get that tying goal late and got that thing into overtime. And then, of, then of course, what happened in the end. Still a great season. I don't think we'll take that away from them. Nobody takes that away from them. People still can remember great seasons, if they even if they had agonizing finishes. But, man, that one will be remembered, I think, in a certain way for a very long time. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. All right, I'm joined right now by Randy Johnson, covering Gophers Hockey down in Tampa for this special edition of the Daily Delivery Podcast. Randy, um, a disappointment, maybe an understatement for how that game finished on um, on Saturday night. Gophers up two nothing on Quinnipiac in uh, you know middle of the second period, and you know from there things kind of took a turn. Maybe maybe talk me through the beginning part of the game and how they must have been feeling at least pretty good at the beginning before we get to what happened next and some of the emotion of of the fallout of eventually losing three to two in overtime. Yeah, it, it was uh, you know they they got off to a nice start. Um, they got the one zero lead, uh, you know, five thirty five into the game. Um, you know, they're they're playing pretty well in the first period. You know, you, you, they had a couple chances to build on on that lead, didn't get it then. Um, they're up seven four and shots on goal after one period. You, you know, Quinnipiac's going to try to uh, slow things down if they can. Uh, and you know, second period, uh, Quinnipiac uh, came out quite a bit better, but then the Gophers uh, get the lead on the uh, Jackson Nelson goal uh, or. or Extend the lead on the Jackson Nelson goal to make it uh, two nothing. But you can kind of kind of feel things shifting with Quinnipiac. They were starting to play quite a bit better, starting to possess the puck a lot more, and uh, that uh, continued um, throughout the period. And they they get the uh, you know three a little over three minutes after Nelson scored, uh, Christoph Tellier uh, scores for Quinnipiac, and that gets them right back in it. And, and the momentum is on their side at that point. I mean, I think. People sit, you know, at home are trying to understand kind of how momentum changed in that game because Gophers come in as number one overall seed Quinnipiac, you know, a number two seed, but they'd beaten, uh, you know, two Big Ten teams already, including Michigan already in the Frozen Four. How is Quinnipiac able to kind of seize momentum, even you know, like you said, down two nothing in that game? They play their system and they play it really well. And first period, they weren't playing it as well as as they, as they did as the game wore on. They were fighting the puck a little bit. Uh, it, it just seemed like they just got better and better and, and had seemed to have a lot more energy as the game wore on. I, I, I don't know if they're just better conditioned or just more tenacious. Um, but it, it, it was, you know, the, the ice was tilted after, after certainly after, um, you know, about midway through the, the second period. 
Now, there's a sense that, and I think this is kind of a maybe a revisionist history at a certain point, but there's a sense if you're watching this happen that the Gophers maybe got too defensive minded at a certain point that they stopped kind of trying to generate chances when they got up to nothing. But the post game from from Bob Motzko, and I played some clips of that a little bit earlier, the post game made it sound like it wasn't so much the case, like they maybe changed their change some of what they were trying to do to, to stop some of the neutral zone entry at a certain point, but they yeah. it didn't sound like they just went into a defensive shell. They just weren't generating much, you know, midway, yes. midway through the game and on. Yeah. You, you, you know, to generate offense, you have to have the puck and put a peak was having the puck a lot more, uh, you know, especially in the third period and, and a lot of the second, you know, the shots on goal after, after the first period, uh, 26 to eight, the Gophers yeah. had two on goal in the third period. Yeah, and you're not getting. I mean, you're not getting many. You're not possessing the puck, but you know, at the same time, was there a, as you were watching the game? Did you did you get the sense that they were going going conservative, or that they were just getting the game taken to them? I I, I think more the latter than the former. You know, maybe maybe you know maybe there was a tendency after you get up to nothing, you you don't take some chances, maybe. But I think you know if if they were if they were in a shell, uh, uh, they were put there in large part by Quinnipiac. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, I think that's, I think that's fair. I think there was also, you know, just some people probably getting frustrated at home. I and mean, this is a team that had such a high powered offense throughout so much of the season was, was such a fun team to watch that when you get mm-hmm. to the title game and you get up to nothing, you kind of expect them to either expand on that lead. And we've seen them throughout this whole tournament. The third period has generally been their best period. And, and in this case, it just, it just wasn't for, for whatever reason. Do you, did they, like you said, do you, do you know if they kind of if they got tired, if they got worn down by the by the physical style, or or what how how we account for kind of what we saw, especially in that third period? You know, I would say yeah, that's a that's part of it. You know, they were, you know, it, it was a lot of work to get the puck out of their zone. You know, the way Quinnipiac was was pinning pinning them in there too. So it's you know that takes work, that takes energy, and you're expending more energy. Uh, you know, and the uh, Quinnipiac looked like the fresher team. Yeah, absolutely. It's I mean that's that's fair. It's just an interesting kind of uh, kind of dynamic uh, along the way. And well, you know, I think we heard it post game, and again, I play I'll play some clips or I played some clips already from uh, from what we heard from from Bob Motzko and some of the players afterward. But I mean, how do you how do you describe the emotion after that game? Where again, you know, there's kind of this build up, this expectation. They've been number one for most of the year. They're up two nothing in this game. That that one, it, it just has to it had to feel like it, it hurt pretty bad. Yeah, well, I mean, there, you know, that that locker room um, was was a pretty somber place. It was, you know, there, you know, guys, pretty much every guy was crying. It was, it was not, you know, not not a scene that uh, you know that you like to go into. You know, it, it's you know, it, you know, and, and and thanks to the players who did talk. I mean, they, you know, it, it was I'm tough as heck for them to do so. But uh, yeah, it was. They were they were very very. Um, you know this this one hurt hard. This one this this one stung for them. And it did it. It kind of felt like this kind of team of destiny almost. When you're thinking about 20 years ago was the last one. They just had such a a loaded kind of stacked up team. I mean, as we think about next year and beyond, some of that conversation starts with what's going to happen to some of these really talented players in the coming days. I mean, how how do you expect? things to, to shake out in terms of, you know, it seems like a lot of them might turn pro pretty soon and, and could be in NHL uniforms very quickly. Well, one we already know of, uh, Brock Faber today signed with the Wild. So you know, my understanding is he is he, he was getting out of plane to, to Chicago with, with them um, or, uh, 
today. So, uh, yeah, so he, he's gone. Um, the, the next one's to look to see what happens are uh, Matthew Nye is a sophomore forward. He's a uh, second-round pick by the Maple Leafs. Um, there's, you know, this guy's got a uh, NHL-sized body, and he, he had a pretty pretty good year. Kind of tailed off a bit at the end. He had some illnesses, I, I understand. Um, then you got to look at Logan Cooley, see what he's going to do. Um, number three overall draft pick by by the Arizona Coyotes. So it's, um, you know, Teams teams tend to want to get their high draft picks signed quickly. Um, he that that's not not to say he couldn't come back. He, he definitely could, and he could probably use another year. Um, you know, he's there's parts of his game that he, obviously he can refine. Uh, it, it's he had a, a very very good year. Um, you know, came close to as with Nyes came close to winning the Hobie uh, as one of the three hat trick finalists. Um, he's going to be one that let's see what happens in the next few days. Um, then you know you have your seniors that that'll be moving on. Um, you know, Jackson Cole, Ryan Johnson expected to be signing with their teams possibly here. Um, you know, I, I, I there is all you know there's chance one if not the other could could uh, come back with the COVID year, but uh, we'll wait and see on that. Uh, you know, that's that hasn't happened a lot with the high end type of uh, players. You know, the teams usually want to get them, get them signed. They'll still have plenty of high-end talent, of course, next year. And they've obviously Bob Motzko has gotten this program back to a certain level. I mean, two straight Frozen Fours on the verge of winning a championship before it didn't happen. And next year's Frozen Four is in St. Paul, if I'm not mistaken. And they've got to be thinking ahead already yep. to kind of reloading and how they can kind of take this final next step. Last year losing in the semifinals, this year losing in the final. They got to have that that sense, but it's. I mean, let's let's face it. It's going to be harder without some of this cast of characters to to carry them because this was such a deep and loaded team across the board. Yeah, it's it's going to be a different team. You know, you 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 have some senior leadership there too. That's along with the young talent that that uh, you know did a really good job. You know, um, you got a play, player like you know Bryce Brzezinski. Or uh, would he be? Um, you, you got guys that uh, you know Jackson Nelson. Would would he be going going back for a? A COVID year. I don't know. Um, it's uh, yeah. There, there, there's some um, there's some holes to fill, but they're they've they have they have a lot to work with. I will say that. Yeah, and they've got the kind of the pedigree built up again to where people are going to want to come there and uh, try to get this thing to the finish line. Um, Randy Johnson, final maybe some final thoughts for you, atmosphere wise. Otherwise, I mean, it seemed like the Gophers fans traveled really well to this to this Frozen Four in Tampa. I think people were kind of. Ready to ready to celebrate. I'm imagining yes. the mood was kind of down, obviously by the end. But if you well, yeah. Say, I, it, oh, go ahead. I was going to say the theme of my story for tomorrow is uh, you know it went from uh, you know an expected coronation to, to, to cat- catastrophe. Um, you know it's it's about as uh, you know and the fans were incredibly impressive here in Tampa, all over all over Tampa. Um, just they came out. Loud and strong and full force, and uh, you know it, it was impressive to see uh, to see that that showing here. And I'm sure the winter we've had made made uh, people want to get down somewhere warm and sunny, and it, it and it certainly was that here. Will they? I guess the final thought is: Will they at some point? Not today, not tomorrow. Will they at some point be able to kind of we're talking about players and and players and Bob Botsko in particular? Will they be able to take a step back and appreciate this year for what it was, or do, or, is the, or does the ending? Kind of feel like that will supersede everything, but when, when we're talking about how this how this year went, you know, they'll always have that ending that that's that's you know that doesn't make doesn't wrap it up in that that big golden bow, you know. 
uh, that the whole season could have with all their with all the uh, you know all America honors, coach of the year, you know all, all this stuff that that they accomplished. And it, yeah, but the one thing this was a really tight knit team. Uh, you know, really really cared for each other and their coaching staff. You know, I, I think you know that bond will be there. Um, it, you know, it's it obviously it's going to take some time to get over this type of defeat. I mean, it, you know, this is this is this is a you know this is a gut punch for all of them. No doubt about it. Well, Randy, appreciate your time. Appreciate all your coverage. Get home safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Mike. Appreciate. it. I appreciate all of Randy's hard work covering this team all year. I hope you will read his coverage. Good follow story coming in Star Tribune, startribune.com, and I'm sure on Monday's regular edition of this show, Patrick Royce and I will have plenty to talk about about this game as well as another big weekend in Minnesota sports. Until then, that's it for me. I'm Michael Rand. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Back at it again tomorrow.